Well, well, welcome. We're so glad that you're here today with us. My name is Sarah and this is Micah and we're the lead pastors at the Vine Church. And we're just honored that you have invited us into your home via Facebook today. Absolutely. So uh, today is Mother's Day. Uh, so happy Mother's Day, Sarah, <laughs> and all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Um, today is a day that we get to celebrate our moms. And um, so for many of us, it's a, it's just a wonderful day. We get to pamper them and re remind them how much we love them. Uh, mom, I love you. I know you're on. Uh, Hi, and, Mom. Love you, too. <laughs> yeah. So it's a day filled with joy for many of us. Mm -hmm. But it's also, we've come to understand and, and realize, a day of grieving also. Mm -hmm. Uh, for mm -hmm. those of us that have lost our mothers, for those of us um, that haven't or can't have children, uh, it's also a day um, that can be challenging. So we want you to know that we celebrate with you on Mother's Day. Uh, for those experience, experiencing some, uh, some grief, uh, we love you and we stand with you uh, on this day as well. Absolutely. We love you guys. Mm -hmm. So being a mom has been pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I have two kiddos and we've had to teach our kids a whole lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. Uh, I remember teaching our children to use the toilet instead of a diaper. Um, That's the one thing that stands out to you right now. That was an important lesson. <laughs> I'm glad we taught them that. Uh, we've had to teach them how to use a fork instead of their fingers at the dinner table. You know, I, we're still working on that. I don't know. It's like everything is finger foods right now. We're, we're having a hard time with that. That could be, be because I'm a, I'm a bad example in their lives. I don't know. So we've taught our kids lots of things. One of the things we taught them when they were young was how to pray. We invited them to participate in prayers around the dinner table or at bedtime. And uh, Rachel, our younger daughter, from a very young age, maybe three years old, um, she began saying this prayer that she still says today at 10 years old. Uh, she says, God, help us to be nice, kind, and loving. And it's so simple and it's so pure. Um, and it, it speaks to her character, who she is as a person, what she values most. But simplicity in this prayer and beautiful. Help us be nice, kind, and loving. I love that. Her core values are coming out there. I remember as a kid, we prayed as well. In fact, we prayed before every meal. And I remember this one time in which I believe I was threatening my siblings or one of my siblings saying, you know, if you take a bite of food before the prayer, you're going to get a tummy ache. I don't think that's the way it works. No, that's not how it works. No. <laughs> but we're going to talk about prayer today. And I know for many of us that didn't grow up praying a lot, um, or even for those of us that did, prayer can be either intimidating or kind of uncomfortable. Uh, it can feel a little bit foreign, and yet Jesus is going to invite us into prayer um, and a beautiful invitation towards connecting with God. Absolutely. We're going to look today um, at the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. So Luke, in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, his disciples come to Jesus and they actually ask him, Jesus, teach us to pray. And I wonder if it's because they relate to that feeling of prayer being a little bit intimidating and a little bit hard. And so we've been in a message series called The Words of Jesus, and we're looking at different things that Jesus said and how they apply to us today. And so today we want to look at his words on prayer. So before Jesus uh, demonstrates uh, how they might pray, he, be he begins with kind of a preamble, um, setting up a little bit of the posture of prayer in in Matthew chapter 6, verse, mm -hmm. verse 5, he says, 
And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Do you know someone like this who does all the right things for all the wrong reasons? Uh, That's the story of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And Jesus is speaking directly to the religious rulers of the day. He says, yes, they pray, but they do it in a way to receive glory and honor for themselves. They have received their reward in full. Jesus continues the sentiment in the next section in verse six. He says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Again, here we see that Jesus is saying that prayer is not meant to be a show. It's not meant to be a performance. It's not about how many words we say or how eloquent our words are. Prayer is about connecting with God. It's a conversation with God. It's spending time with God. It's accepting the invitation to be in relationship with God. And it doesn't have to be fancy. It can be simple and authentic. So he lays the groundwork Mm -hmm. and then he dives in. So this is how you should pray. And we're going to break it up into the couple of sections, the five sections that it plays out in, and then we'll, and then we'll summarize it. He begins, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed. That's not a word we use a lot. Um, It simply means holy. Mm -hmm. And it sounds quite formal in the way it's translated into English here for us. And it is that he's saying, God, holy is your name. Uh, but that's only half the story in Jesus' opening line of, of his prayer here. Uh, the other half is our Father in heaven. Now, Father was not a term that the Israelites used to refer to God in this time. And in fact, Jesus caught a lot of flack for speaking to God in such relational terms. But I love the way he begins his prayer. As he says, our Father in heaven, it speaks to a closeness, uh, an invitation to relationship uh, with God Holy is your name. So not only are you creator God, not only are you all powerful, but you are a friend, but you are a father, but you are near to us. And Jesus continues and um, he prays your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, speaking to the father and God is love. And so what kind of kingdom would his um, kingdom be loving? <laughs> yes, yeah, be like, uh, you, you did nail that one. <laughs> so your kingdom come, God's reign on may come to earth. And it's a kingdom of love, a kingdom of healing, of, of reconciliation, a kingdom of wholeness. And so it's for ourselves, but it's also for our communities and, and in our relationships and for our, our world at large. So Jesus teaches his disciples, pray for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love to come down here, and then pray your will be done. Not our will, but your will be done. And typically, I mean, we pride ourselves in being self-sufficient and self-reliant and, and in control and competent. But here, this is a prayer of surrender to God. This is a prayer in which we surrender our will. And I love these two things in conjunction because, because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of love, then we can say to God, I trust in your love. 
I trust in this type of kingdom and what you're bringing about. And so I can surrender my will and pray for your will to come in my life and in the world. Yeah. I love that portion of the mm-hmm. prayer because uh, we so often think of the kingdom of God as something far off or in mm-hmm. some heavenly sense. Jesus' prayer is, may your kingdom come and reign on earth. And I love this idea of us praying, God, may your kingdom reign in the Tri-Cities. May the kingdom reign in whatever community mm-hmm. you find yourself in today. Okay, so he continues. Uh, he moves into a request and he says, give us today our daily bread. And again, I like the simplicity, like the simplicity Mm -hmm. we talked about in Rachel's prayer. Uh, Jesus says, just give us the basics, what we need Mm -hmm. for today. And I want you to notice the pronoun here in this uh, section. Um, He doesn't say, give me what I need today. Instead, he says, give us what we need. Again, he speaks in communal terms. He de-emphasizes the individual or himself, and he places a priority on community or on the world, on people. In the next section, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray this. He says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness. And And forgiveness is a part of the kingdom of God. And I love this part because no matter what we've done, no matter how far we are from God, no matter how terrible we feel about ourselves, Jesus offers forgiveness. God offers forgiveness through Mm -hmm. Jesus. If we would just turn to him and ask for forgiveness, he is a God of love and of mercy and grace, and he wants to draw us close. He wants to be in relationship with us. So whatever relationship there is broken, he wants to restore that. And forgiveness is a part of that. And so here Jesus says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And there's two parts to that. Jesus is inviting his disciples to live into forgiveness, both in terms of being forgiven, but also in forgiving others, forgiving those who have wronged them. And it's important to note here that when we when we speak of forgiveness, it's not about turning a blind eye to what's what's going on. It's not about accepting something as okay when it's really not okay. In forgiveness, there's ample room for accountability and um, for boundaries, for justice. That's that's. There's ample room for that. Forgiveness is more about letting go of the desire for vengeance, to harm the other, and being able to love those who wrong us. And so the, the kingdom of God includes forgiveness, and there's much healing in that. Absolutely. So he pairs forgiveness with this final statement mm-hmm. and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And there's this really churchy word that we use <laughs> called repentance. Uh, and repentance mm-hmm. often is kind of perceived as a self-deprecating, I'm so bad, repenting sort of thing. And there is a, an acknowledgement in repentance of who we are, or what we've done. However, repentance simply means the, the word in the Greek uh, to turn around or to go in a new direction. And I love this pairing. Uh, Jesus says, so forgive us our sins and now lead us in a new direction. Lead us towards mm-hmm. your kingdom, your love, your goodness in this world. So Jesus teaches his disciples a simple prayer. It has five main points. So first, he acknowledges and praises God for who he is. 
Then he um, invites the disciples to invite the kingdom of God and God's will into their life and world. He teaches the disciples to ask for what they need, to confess, receive forgiveness, and offer forgiveness. And lastly, to ask for guidance and deliverance. Yeah. So he says this, Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful prayer. And I think it's important that we mention, um, well, we often uh, recite this prayer, prayer um, in our homes or in, in our church services. Uh, it's a beautiful thing to do. However, I don't think Jesus intended it to be prescriptive. That is, he didn't intend it to, to require us to use the very words that he used. In, instead, I read this prayer, uh, especially as a guide as to how to pray. It attunes our hearts and our minds to what's most important in prayer. Um, why would we be praying? It's an invitation to connect with our Heavenly Father. What things would we pray about? Well, we would pray for our community, for God's kingdom and goodness to come to earth. We would pray for the basic needs of all people around us. Mm -hmm. There's this uh, quote that speaks to that. Why would we pray? It's uh, from David Benner, one of my favorite authors. He writes, we do not pray so that we can get God's attention. We pray so God will get our attention. And I love that because it, it, it assumes, it knows that God is already paying attention. That God never stops paying attention. He never stops listening. And the, our prayers are an invitation for us to be a part of something bigger than just ourselves. So prayer is one way that we accept God's invitation to be in relationship with him, to participate in his kingdom and to be a part of the things that he's doing. So in this crazy season with coronavirus and stay at home orders and feeling isolated and lonely at times, um, we look to the words of Jesus. And today we hear the words of Jesus saying, you are invited into a relationship with your heavenly father. And you are invited in this relationship to be in conversation with him through prayer. And I think there's a beautiful invitation in prayer here. Um, prayer serves two purposes in our lives. First of all, God hears our prayers and he responds. Now, granted, it's not always in the affirmative. Uh, I've experienced the yeses and nos in life, but God hears and God responds when we pray. But secondly, Prayer transforms us. It's transformational in that it attunes our hearts and our minds to the will of God, to what God is doing in the world around us. So we want to set out a challenge for all of us this week to set aside some time to pray this week. Um, and it doesn't have to be super long, but just a few times this week to set aside some intentional time to spend, spend time with God. Maybe sit quietly in a quiet spot or maybe go for a walk. Um, by yourself, but have a conversation with God. Accept this invitation to pray. And remember, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be eloquent. Um, it just needs to be authentic, just needs to be real. Um, and this prayer, this the Lord's Prayer, as it's often called, is a great place to start. Start with this prayer of what Jesus taught his disciples to pray and just go from there. Mm -hmm. 
So each week we've been pitching a song your way, and there's a band that I used to listen to years ago, Sanctus Real. And uh, I've not heard this song that, that Jamie's mm-hmm. going to post for you right now, but it's a song called Pray. And I think it does a really nice mm-hmm. job of speaking to the why we pray mm-hmm. and the when we pray and inviting us into God's presence. I hope you find uh, opportunity to um, uh, reflect on God uh, and to spend time with Him in prayer in, in the week to come. So I feel like we should end in prayer, right? I think <laughs> prayer makes sense at this moment. And no pressure, because it doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be long. All right. <laughs> so let's I invite you to pray with me. Dear God, we just thank you so much for who you are. Lord, you are holy and you are love. We thank you for your invitation to relationship. We thank you that you hear us and that you are present. God, we pray for your kingdom of love to reign in our lives, in our families, in our communities, and in our world. We look to you for our provisions, uh, especially in this strange season that we're in right now. God, we ask for physical healing and for safety. We pray that you would forgive us our sins and help us to forgive those who have hurt us. And may your spirit guide us as we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, friends, thank you for joining us. Hope you have a happy Mother's Day. Uh, Hope you have a wonderful week. Blessings. Bye.